Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? March 23rd edition of the Fightful MMA Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro. You can follow me online at Showdown Joe, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at Fightful MMA for all your mixed martial arts news, FightfulMMA.com. It is Thursday. Uh, it is uh, 7 a.m. in Hawaii, 1 p.m. Yeah. here, just north of Toronto. Uh, and we are pleased to be joined by Frank Trigg. Uh, you may not recognize him, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, <laughs> I took some major insult from his... One of his recent Instagram posts basically saying his girl Jill is now married to a, a woman. Hey, yeah, yeah, I shave my head, I shave my face. What up? Yeah, well, so here's the deal if um, you're dating a man and he doesn't have a beard, you're dating a woman. That's pretty much how it works. That's disturbing. So, That's yeah. disturbing. So, but for me, I had to, uh, I actually had to shave for a part. Um, uh, there's a new. I can't say much about it because of um, the NDAs that Marvel makes you sign and all that stuff. But Inhumans is a new Inhuman show that's going on ABC. It starts in September. They started filming here in Hawaii, doing eight shows here in Hawaii, and then moving around doing other ones. And I went on set, full beard, you know, like, and they're like, "Look, we gotta, you gotta shave." I'm like, "For what? No one told me that." Like, said, like you gotta shave. Like, this is how it, how it has to work. So what they had to do to my head and how things had to go. And the reason why I'm like all super puffy right now is because of what they had to do to my face and. It's pretty neat. I can't actually wait for the episodes to come out. It's, it's actually a pretty cool thing. And the first two episodes, my understanding is they're going to be in IMAX. So the first two episodes of the season, you actually have to go to the movie theater to see them. And then like two weeks later, then it airs on, on ABC, you know, um, from season from episode one to episode eight. So it's pretty cool. That's pretty badass. Now, um, for most of us, to, you know, I tweeted out that it was 6.30 in the morning. You're probably going to be cranky because, you know, it's, it's early for you. Unfortunately, you've been working all night. I haven't slept. Yeah, I actually came home. Um, my phone died, which is why I couldn't tell Joe, hey, look, I'm on my way because we're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no no place for me to plug in. We couldn't get the vans to get ourselves plugged in. The trailer was like a half hour away, so it wasn't even worth trying to go back to that. Uh, came in, said hi to my wife, and then jumped right on, right on the camera. And it, my face is puffy because of all this, this, the crap they had to put on it and then take off. And so now I'm all super swollen and extremely tired. <laughs> People have no idea what it's like to do uh, recordings overnight. Uh, night shoots uh, aren't fun. I mean, I've, I've done my fair share of day shoots, obviously. Uh, I don't think I've ever had to do uh, a night shoot, to be honest with you. And I can just imagine how it plays absolute havoc on your body clock. Yeah, you, there's a lot of uh, me telling people, hey, um, I'm going to go over here in this corner. I will be right there in that corner. I'm not moving. Come get me when they need me. And then, like, because like, they don't need you for every single scene. They don't need you every, every single spot. So a lot of times I was laying down in the corner. You're halfway getting a, getting a nap, and I was saying like, "Oh crap, I gotta get up! I gotta go do something." So you can't really ever get solid sleep. And then you tell the tell the craft services guy, "I need my coffee as strong as you can make it, and make it as much as you can have as much as you can possibly have up there. Just keep it up." Like right now, I'm, I'm probably over caffeinated. So by the time we get off this, I go lay down for a couple hours, and I probably won't be able to sleep. I'm still bouncing around. It, just, it sucks. Like your body gets jacked up. But man, when you work with some of the actors I get to work with. You know, even though I'm doing, I'm even do because I'm doing second unit. I'm doing stunts, but I work with some of these guys. Like they're not complaining. 
they're they're up there working their asses off. Like, well, what do I got to say? Like, I just got to go do it. You know, it's just part of the industry and part of the game. But it's, it sucks because it's like seven o'clock at night when you start. And you're like, oh, we'll be out of here by midnight, which is kind of normal. Like, okay, I can kind of stay up at midnight and get to bed at one o'clock. That's okay. Then all of a sudden, it's like three in the morning. You're still there. Like, crap, it's a twelve hour shoot. Like, what are we doing? Something messes up. Or, you know, something doesn't come out right. Um, uh, some makeup is needs to be retouched up. It's like all of a sudden it's this whole mess. So it's it's always difficult during any time of day. Now adding biological clock. Okay, I want to be in bed. You know, everyone's kind of half dragging. The director's half dragging. You know, everyone's dragging. Doesn't make a difference who you are. But when we get done, everyone's super happy with what happened, and we go home and go to sleep. <laughs> I feel bad for like hair and makeup because there's only a certain amount of hair and makeup that I should do with what's being done on the show. So these guys get like six hours off and they're back on set again. They work all night, six hours off, go right back on set again and do it again. Or eight hours off and go do, do, it, all, do it again with another set. Well, yeah, does it remind you at all of, of – I, I know it's an overnight shoot and it has nothing to do with uh, training MMA, but when you were, when you were competing uh, full-time, you did need that rest. You did need the rest yeah. in between training sessions and stuff like that. Did you ever get into a situation – and the reason why I'm asking is – Sometimes when I go out, I go out and I do the play-by-play gigs. Uh, I like to take a nap the day of the event, only because uh, once we go live, I've, I've got to be. For example, let's say we're doing Titan FC, I got to be at the venue at, at four o'clock, as an example. We go live at six or seven o'clock, and that's it. I'm live, no breaks, nothing, not even a bathroom break, all the way until about midnight or one a.m. So if I'm going to be up and I got to be on point, a little nap. Uh, you know, half an hour to an hour before I get ready and head to the arena is what I like to have. But that nap sometimes doesn't take place because I'm afraid I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep through the alarm. I'm afraid they're going to call me to do a voiceover. I got a million things going on in my head. How's my son doing back home? Uh, is my wife okay? And it's like, how do you clear your mind? And then, now you're talking about doing something on set where you said that you're going to step off for half an hour to go sit down. Your brain's not going to shut off. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the biggest problem. Um, so you you're wearing the Thilla Manila t-shirt today, and and that's kind of basically how I got my start and how to be an athlete. So I read Muhammad Ali's autobiography when I was really young, um, and one of the things that he would always do is that he would take a nap. You know, he'd get up and run in the early in the morning, and then would go and then would eat and would do whatever, and take a little bit of a nap, and then get up and go to his sparring practice, or his mitt practice, whatever in the afternoon. Then days of fight, he would try to like twelve hours before the fight. He would try to take like a two or three hour nap, like try to sleep. I mean, just go right to sleep for, for starting at the 12 hours before the fight start time for a couple, three, four hours and then get up and get moving and then would start, you know, and then of course we'd report on time. And I kind of got in that habit where I'm always taking a nap. I still take naps now. I take a nap. I get like six hours of sleep a night. I get up and I go take a nap. And that resets my clock and restarts, but I only need like 20 minutes, half an hour. When we would dra- travel overseas and then we go to Japan when I was working for Pride, I was like, man, this is like, I'm really screwed up. The first couple of shows, I was like, man, I'm not making this. This is not working for me. I don't know what the hell to do. Like, I'm drinking as much coffee can, I'm drinking as much teas. And I have a real addictive personality. So I wouldn't take, like, upper pills to go up and then take downer pills to go to sleep because I'd be just jammed up. So I just, like, I'm not going to start that process. So what I started doing, and then and then it's one of the better things that, that Jerry Millen actually said to me um, throughout the, the, the time that I was there, was like, why don't you just go take a nap? I'm like, oh, yeah, like I take a nap when I'm in train camp. I want to take a nap now. And that started my cycle up before every every stage scene. Anytime I'm in front of the camera, makes a difference what aspect I'm on, I'm taking a nap before I go. Now, sometimes you're waking up and then going to set, so you don't have to worry about the nap. But like last night, I went down and laid down at, uh, at uh, um, about 3.30, I laid down. And then so I had enough time in case I overslept or whatever and then got up, but it still wasn't enough. It's just, you know, because now I'm in that that deep zone of, of no sleep, but it's like, it's just, but yeah, you take naps. It's like, you have to. And it's, it's funny. how you talk to your most professional adult men at the higher level, commentators on our personalities, CEOs, uh, whatever, like all these guys that don't really sleep. They just take naps. Like, oh, yeah, I take a half hour nap. I got an hour nap and I got two hour nap and I'm ready to go. You're like, it's just how it's how our bodies work. It's just, we get re- recharged. I'm surprised you don't take more naps. Like you put Thomas down, you down. Okay. He's down. I'm down. <laughs> Well, no, he's so the thing is, though, like he's in school and, I, and I'm running three businesses as well. Uh, you know, this is my passion, mixed martial arts, is my passion. I got the daily podcast, uh, but I do have two other businesses that I run, uh, and my brain won't shut off. My brain, because if I, if I even try and lay down, uh, it's like I got to call this person, I got to call that association, got to get this mortgage done, blah, blah, blah. What if the bank calls me? Uh, I got to get this paperwork in for this client. So the brain doesn't shut off. I'd like to. Uh, I'll say this guilty, uh, I mean, guilty by association, pretty much. I did take a nap on Monday. 
or sorry, on Tuesday morning after I dropped off my son. I didn't tell my wife because she'd probably be like, what are you doing? But uh, I started a new routine. I was talking to Elias Theodora about this. I started a new uh, workout routine. Uh, for the past five years, I wouldn't lift anything heavy, Frank. I just want to do high reps, um, uh, low weights, high reps, uh, I just get a good sweat on, and I just got tired of, of not seeing the results when I used to lift, he- lift heavy. The reason why I stopped lifting heavy is because I have that body type that packs on weight. So I was paying more attention to the scale than I was with how I looked. Oh, okay. I said, that's it. No, I'm lifting heavy. Well, Monday I started lifting heavy. Uh, today I had a solid workout this morning. I mean, I was just like, I was dreading it because I was sore, but I had a fantastic workout. But man, Monday's workout, uh, come Tuesday morning, I was like, oh my God, like, you're not 25, Joe. You're 43. Like you, like, and I don't take anything other than protein powder. So, yeah. there, I mean, I needed some sort of recovery time, man. I dropped him off. She left for work. I lied down. I said, I'm, I'm just going to take a 20 minute, half an hour nap. It was an hour, man. I woke up. I could have run a marathon. I felt like a million dollars. Yeah. Those are the best things ever. I don't, I'm surprised more people don't do it. College kids do it all the time. Like when it, I'm always, you know, they get bored and they just, I was sitting there realizing this pad we're taking naps. And then we go in the real world. Also, we're not supposed to be able to do that. Man, I used to, like, when I had a, uh, when I would work, when I had, like, a regular job, I was working for the University of Oklahoma, I would lock my door during lunchtime, go take a nap so instead of eating, and then we'd wake up and eat my lunch at my desk. Instead of going someplace to eat, I would pass out. No, so that's many- perfect. That's perfect. Um, lots of stuff happening in the, in the world of mixed martial arts, uh, and one of them was earlier on with uh, Nate Diaz ripping apart Dana White with a tweet, uh, just... I guess ripping them a new one, you could say. Uh, we all know the Diaz brothers operate in a different frequency. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing the D- that that Diaz was potentially offered either. I think it was Eddie Alvarez. Uh, as much as I want to see the Tony Ferguson fight, I think Nate's holding off uh, for that Conor McGregor fight. The only problem with that is, you know, Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz probably won't be fighting anytime soon. Uh, what do you make of this whole situation with the with Dana White and, and Nate Diaz and and him, you know, potentially not fighting anything? The guy got paid like five million dollars probably yeah. for that fight uh, against uh, the second fight with McGregor, so he's got money. He doesn't need to fight, you know. So he can pick, he can pick and choose now. He has the money where he can pick and choose. And, and the Diaz brothers are 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 so the Diaz brothers can get away with it because they're so polarizing. There's so many people want to watch them fight and they have so many fans and so many followers that people love the way that they fight. They love the way that they talk. So he can get away with it. But anybody else, like if you, if you're a low level guy and Dana offers you a couple of fights and you're like, no, I don't want to, you're fired. They're just going to get rid of you. There's no reason to keep you around, but you can't get rid of the Diaz brothers because you get rid of them. No matter where they land, they're going to double the, they're going to double the viewership of that other promotion. So they have to keep them around. They got to keep offering the stuff. Diaz brothers, like you said, they always they always go to their own drum. They're going to do whatever they want, whatever they want. It makes no difference who's telling them what to do and when to do it and what the gigs is. I, I believe that Diaz wants to hold off for, for McGregor because that for him is another that's another big fight, it's another multi million dollar payday. So why not wait for McGregor? Um, it, it to me it doesn't. I don't understand why they didn't have the rubber match right away. Like it should have automatically happened in in the history of of the UFC, not necessarily MMA, but the history of the UFC. If if guys split over two fights. They immediately reschedule the rubber match. Why did they have? Why didn't they reschedule the rubber match? Why wouldn't they reschedule the rubber match? It'd be a huge payday It'd be for everybody involved. Like like a lot more pay per view buys, a lot more uh, viewers on FS1 watching the undercard. Like what happened? Oh, well, this kind of wants to fight Mayweather, so that's what's kind of stalling things around. Okay, Connor's not a boxer, so if you're letting his fantasy of wanting to box the best boxer. Uh, right now, arguably, you know, right now in the, in the sport, not even arguably, but right now in the sport that, that is we just recently retired and you want that to hold up your weight class and, and hamstring your weight class, well, that, that makes no sense. You know, what are, you, are you guys running a business or not running a business? And so I don't really understand like, how the roadmap can come out right away and why this other thing starts popping around in the background. But, man, the Diaz brothers, they're, they're – I, I got to be honest with you. If I just made whatever it was, between 3 and $5 million – so I know that the rubber match is going to be between four and six million dollars. I'd wait too. Why, why wouldn't we wait? You know, I have all this money. Yeah, so I lost half. Half of the taxes happened to somebody else. I lost half. So say say I got three million. I came home with one point five million dollars. I live in Stockton. I got one point five million dollars. I live in Stockton. <laughs> I'm good for five years, man. And, and that's after I paid all my taxes and all that crap. And I'm done with everything else. Like I, and all my debts are paid. I'm like. Dude, I'm good for five years. Like, don't bother me. You know, like you don't need to be worrying about any of this other crap. And so he'll wait, and and, and rightfully so. He should wait. Why? Why tarnish his record? Why bother beating up his body for some crap that's not going to make him? And, and let's be honest, 
we, we've gone through it ourselves professionally. We get a, we get a certain rate for a particular th- task that we're doing. And all of a sudden, that task is no longer available to us because the, the promotion went under, the job went s- sideways, and whatever the reason is, all of a sudden now you're kind of like, for the first couple of weeks, you're like, man, I'm not going to take every single offer that comes my way. I'm going to kind of wait it out. But then a year into it, you're like, I'm taking every offer that comes my way because now the money has come out. So all of a sudden now we lower, lower our ego levels, and that's what happens. Right now, the Diaz brothers, or, or Nate rather, is running on the, on the height of, of what just happened. So he, he still has enough money left in the bank account. He doesn't start panicking yet. Believe me, when that money is spent, he'll take whatever fight they put in front of him. It's just a question of how long will that be. Um, it's speaking of, of, of Nate, uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission is going to get a hold of him uh, and potentially reduce his uh, fine and suspension, just like they did with Conor McGregor, whose fine was reduced to $25,000, but he had to do 25 hours of community service. Uh, this all stems around that water bottle throwing incident uh, from, their, from their rematch. Um, a lot of, so so you, we could break that down. But I'm wondering how much of this has to do with the potential of a Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather fight happening in Nevada State. Uh, Nevada said no, has nothing to do with it. And I'm kind of like, well, yeah, it probably well, does. Yeah. But. I mean, we all know it does. And stop it. This is we need to stop it. You, you want so commissions have have one major job, and that's fighter safety, whether it's for MMA or for boxing. And everybody needs to understand that that. There, there might be a head commissioner for MMA and a head commissioner for boxing in, in some states. In most states, the head commissioner is the head commissioner for boxing and for MMA. So it's controlled by the same. But if there's a separate head for each for each entity, then there's a person above them that that makes everything under the same umbrella. So the commissions essentially that, that watch boxing also watch MMA. So the first thing is fire safety. Second thing is commerce. They have to create income. Like there's no reason that there's no reason to have they have to justify their salaries, they have to justify their payments. If there's no one coming in to fight in your in your state organization, then there's no reason for commerce. Like you know, there's no way for you to make any money. There's no reason to have you around. So you have to you have to create commerce. To create commerce, you have to have fighters. You have to have big name fighters. So talking about Nevada, let's say and the rumor is that they they've saved the date in June for Mayweather and and, uh, and McGregor at the T Mobile Arena. Well T Mobile Arena is not gonna not gonna save a date for for Joe Ferraro and, and Frank Trigger fight. They're going to save a date for us to do that. We need a, we need a bigger main event. So Mayweather, oh, oh, he's, he's a big enough main event. He's calling me, and he's going, hey, not only do I have the main event, but here is the proposed, and these things can always change because of, of you know, people get sick, people get hurt, people fall around. You know, they go, look, here's the proposed uh, three-fight um, uh, co-main event and swing bout. So here's the, here's the three fights that we have set so far. Can we get this date saved? They go, yeah, we'll save the date. Like, believe me, when, when, when the UFC saved the three dates in July for the three, the three nights of fights at T-Mobile Arena, which is also part of their deal where they have to do four fights a year uh, at T-Mobile, um, that they want to know who's the main event, who's the co-main event. And they just told them. Now, with the UFC, they don't have to necessarily tell you who the main event, co-main event is because they can tell you what the, what the name of the fight is. And you, that comes with, oh, we know that this is going to – so if it's, if it's a pay-per-view card, you know there's going to be a title fight, it's going to be a big-name fight, and it's in July. If it's a tough finale fight, you know it's going to be uh, two big name guys and then the tough the tough fighters. Like you know this, and then I figure out the other one is oh a fight night fight. You know it's going to be the the number one number two contender or or the next hot prospect coming up. So you kind of know these things. With boxing, you actually have to physically give them the names. And and this is I'm sure it's what they did. Hey, we're, we're trying to put together this Mayweather uh, uh, McGregor fight, um, and this is what we want. So let's have this space. Well, now Nevada goes. They say today. So if we don't get these these fines down, this guy's not going to come fight here. It's going to go to California. So what does that mean? It means, and, and Dana said this a while ago, it's like a like a, a what are ten million dollar increase to the, to the local economy whenever the UFC comes in town. So think about boxing, what that does. It's even more than that in, in that in that that weekend that they're in town. So that Saturday that they're in town, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's a ten million dollar swing for MMA. For boxing, it's even more. People pay more. People do more. It's more. So now you've got the situation where this kid's not going to come fight for you because he owes you so much money. He'll go fight another commission. He'll go fight in California. And it's much easier, you know, to, to, to get licensed over there and get set over there. So, of course, Nevada's going to negotiate. Okay, let's negotiate. Let's, let's take down the fine from whatever it was. What was it, like 10% or 20% of his purse? And then bring it down to $25,000 and only 25 hours of community service, which for a guy like Connor, community service, 
He just talks to a couple of high schools, talks to a couple of a couple of kids. He's done. Like it takes him like four days. He's done. You know, and who doesn't want to talk to that guy? Like who doesn't want him as part of their community service? Like so, it all makes sense, of course. Like we all know this has got to do with the potential, the potential of of, of a fight later on. And let's not forget, let's just say boxing is taken out of it. What happens with Conor McGregor's on an MMA card, on a UFC card? How much money more money comes in? It's a big deal. So of course they negotiate. Of course Nevada is trying to work this deal out, make things happen. Because who wouldn't? Like it, it's negotiation. All this part, all of this goes in the same format of getting the uh, of getting the the the, the um, uh, what is it six million dollars in gate, the the uh, uh, the eighty seven million dollars in, in food and beverage, the extra hotels, the extra like it's just better for the it's better for everybody involved. If if the fight happens in Nevada, as far as Nevada is concerned, then it happens in California. And that's kind of the, the shell game that's being played. So, yeah, negotiate. Negotiate make this thing happen. Yeah. Now, speaking of this potential fight, uh, Sean Pearson on last night's Fightful MMA podcast made some, some two good points, one about this fight, one about contracts in general. In regards to this potential McGregor versus Mayweather fight, I never thought of it from this perspective, uh, and I want to get it from your perspective as, as another fighter uh, like Sean uh, who competed uh, and got paid as a prize fighter. If Conor McGregor gets, quote-unquote, Mayweather money, he may never come back to the UFC. What's the point? So, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. <clears throat> Let, let's, let's, let's be honest. Let, let's be honest about this potential matchup. Dan, let's say Danica Patrick, right? She was a mediocre. Well, she was a, she was a, she was the, the the bottom of the top end in Formula One racing. She makes a transfer into NASCAR racing, and she doesn't do very well. Okay, it's cars, it's wheels, it's an engine, it's a pit crew. Like, why is it so much different? Different cars, different format different rules, different regulations, different, different, different. And this is car to car, car to car, okay? She's doing the same stuff. You know, turn turn the wheel, moving the stick, same stuff. Takes her about a season before she actually catch up and get into it. And let, if we literally look at her career, it hasn't been a stellar career. It hasn't been really great NASCAR. She really hasn't, like, been knocking on the door. And we're not, she's not, like, one of the names that everyone talks about. Like, it's just not, she's not one of the people, Right. Now you put somebody that knows how to play field hockey, and they're really good at field hockey. They're amazingly good. I mean, they're like one of the best at field hockey. Now they go play ice hockey for the for the, the Penguins, for the Maple Leafs. Like you're like this guy scored like he played international field hockey. He was scoring like 25, 26 goals a week. He hasn't scored in nine months. Like well, yeah, he's on skates. And this is this is field hockey to ice hockey. That's hockey to hockey. So same basic principles, same basic understanding. Now you're talking about MMA versus boxing. Boxing is one thing in MMA. Is Connor one of the better guys at boxing in MMA? Yes. Is he the best guy at boxing in MMA? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look it up and kind of kind of check a couple more things to see if I actually believe that or not. But the foot motion, the timing, the stepping, the 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 man. I when I was in my prime, I was pretty damn good at boxing. I, I mean, I I had. Some real, I like. I understood the game. Understood how to move around. Like I knew, come sparring practice, man. I was lighting fools up until we went to Mayweather's gym, and I got to work out with the lower end, smaller guys because they didn't want me getting hurt. I was like, "Come <laughs> on, guys, stop! You guys, stop it! I'm a, I'm a school this kid. Come on, man! I got triple tag, quadruple tag before I even saw the punches coming." And right when I'm trying to throw, they're gone. And I'm left-handed, so I got an advantage. I'm trying to throw, and they're already out of my way. I'm getting t- I'm, my hand is down, and I've missed, completely missed, getting lit up on the other side of my head again. Like, this is, it's, it's a completely different ballgame. Now take the best guy in the sport that's ever been at it. This guy, come on. This, 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 this fight is, is it's, it's a question of not, not if, but when, and how long does Floyd want to stay in that, stay in that ring with him? That, that's what's coming down to. Now, yeah, both guys are going to try. Both guys are going to try to try to put it together. So now you're looking at what is the payday going to be for McGregor? Takes a beating. Let's say he takes a beating, right? And he makes $25 million. I can retire on that. Could you retire on $25 million? Oh, yeah. He's younger than us, so he might, he might not think he can live like that. He'd have to, he have to lessen his, his lifestyle. 
But we both can survive with $25 million. So say he gets $25 million and takes a beating and gets embarrassed. Would you come back and fight in remain if you got $25 million in the bank? Of course, you lose half, right? You know, you got you got other stuff you got to pay for and, and what have you. So you come around with twelve twenty five, you know, whatever, twelve fifty. So you come around with this twelve fifty, this twelve twelve point five million dollars, or yeah, twelve point five million dollars, and you're like, do I really need to? Do, I can make some investments. I can do some, you know, buy some property. But you know, I'm like, I can do some real estate stuff. Like, I'm I'm good, man. I'm out. I'm out. I don't really come back. Say he wins. Let's say he beats Mayweather and made twenty five million dollars. UFC's not paying him $25 million? Are you, are you, and Think about what we're saying here. He beats Mayweather. His demanding price now is the price that he just got. I am worth what I just got. I just got $25 million and I beat a 49-0 Floyd Mayweather. What are you going to pay me now to come back to MMA? Oh, dude, we're talking like $35 million, $40 million. Flat rate, boom, this guy comes in. Now, <clears throat> what happens for MMA as a whole if the UFC can maintain that, that price and still make money, which I don't I – don't, Know their books. I don't know if they can or not. I mean, you're you're a numbers guy. You're a money guy. Like you can't understand like how things work. I'm not real sure. I'm not like into that. I don't have a good head for that kind of stuff. But I can't see the UFC paying him 35 million, 30 million for him to show up because now it means it means what do the other champs do? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why is he worth $35 million when I've been here from the get-go, never left, never caused you any problems, worked my ass off, and the fans love me? Diaz Brothers. $35 million? You're like, holy crap, now my, my, my gate is – or not my gate, but my purse has gone up. The entire car, like, what do I do? Now you're looking at main event, co-main event. You're looking at, you know, between the main event, co-main event, and I call it the swing bout, the bout before all that, which goes back to old pay-per-view days, but that, that bout before that – you're looking at over $100 million in paydays just for those guys. Now we got to go down to someplace else. Like, man, it, it, it can be a debacle. It could be a debacle. It also depends on what happens. You know, but also, too, McGregor's a fighter. He's a competitor. He can take an ass kicking and be like, hey, my contract is for whatever, $6 million or whatever it is. I'm taking that. He, he can go in there and, and, and win. And be like, no, nah, man, I just want to prove that MMA is better than boxing and walk away from boxing and go right back to MMA and, and take whatever his contract's there. The one thing about Conor McGregor is, he will surprise the crap out of you all the time. He surprised you when he when everyone said he wasn't able to beat Jose Aldo and did it in 13 seconds. He did it, uh, uh, you know, he said he's going to take over the world and, and be the best guy out there, and he's, he's been doing it. So the one thing you can't ever turn away from is the fact that Conor McGregor kind of does what he says. And so you, you got to kind of, whether you want to be on the bandwagon or not, he will shock the world. And it could, and it could be shocking the world where he gets a complete ass-kicking and goes, okay, I'm going to fight next week. Or when can I get my third match with Diaz? Like, right, right after he gets done fighting. You know, like, he could he could legitimately call somebody else out in MMA and go right back to MMA and not even, and not even have a hiccup. You know, or he could win and do the exact same thing. I'm going to go right back to MMA and not even have a hiccup. Just, you know, it, it, this is, it's kind of a Gregor show. So who the hell knows what's going to happen? Might be another water bottle being thrown. Like, who the hell knows? It's, it's crazy. And it works. And I am betting against him every single time because I'm, I'm chasing my money. <laughs> and I am watching every single episode, every single interview, every single everything he does. I'm watching it, and I'm one guy, you know. And I'm only a casual fan. Imagine those diehard fans what they're doing. So this is it's nuts, man. This is who knows what that guy will do. But I love Sean's points. I love Pearson's points. Like he's right, man. Like he might not come back. He might be like, I'm done. I'm out of here. But we don't know because it's Connor. We can't put any logic behind it. Very true. Uh, the second point that Sean made uh, last night, and it, it had me thinking uh, overnight, uh, I, I haven't seen a UFC contract uh, in a few years, and I'm sure there's been some changes. Uh, what he brought up was, you know, you, you take a look at, you know, a sport that us Canadians love, which is hockey, and how, you know, in the contracts, uh, it's because they've got, you know, a CBA, collective bargaining agreement, they've got a union. Uh, in the contracts, there are buyout clauses. So if you sign for four years and you want to cut the player or set them loose after two, you got to buy them out the two years remaining on that contract. And Sean was like, look, man, if I'm signing for four fights, the UFC can cut me after one fight, you know, 
I'm not going to get the rest of that money from those three other fights. There should be buyout clauses. Now, if the UFC offers you something, I don't think the UFC will, will ever allow a buyout clause. I was always wondering, though, can a manager, can a fighter, whomever represents himself or herself, get that clause in there where they say, yep, I'll, I'll sign for four fights, 10 and 10, 15, 15, 20, 20, 25, 25, or whatever it is, 15, 50, 100, 100. But if you cut me after two fights, you got to buy me out. Now, the UFC could simply say, dude, this is the big show. Sign here. They, they had that power in the past, but because the other organizations are starting to come up with more money, they don't necessarily have that power anymore. It's like, hey, this is the big show. You need to take it or leave it. They don't have that ability so much anymore. And, and the problem is that the top-end guys that aren't even champs are getting millions of dollars. It's forcing, it's forcing them not to have to reevaluate a lot of contracts. Because we have guys like, like um, Max Holloway. You know who's who's a fan favorite. Just doesn't talk trash. He's not gonna he's not gonna be out there making noise and doing all that kind of crap. He's just not his personality. He's making a, he's making I don't know what his contract is, but say he's making five hundred thousand. But then Diaz, who's not a champ, fights and makes three million dollars in a loss. Where does that put the ranking value of everybody else? And so it comes back to that that principle of you know where where is my ranking value? You have to increase my value. You have to increase my pay. <clears throat> so now I think with the new ownership, they might be in a position where they're going to have to deal with these, 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 you know, buyout clauses, which is fine on both ends. You want out, they don't want to let you go. You got to buy yourself out. They want you out. They got to buy you out. Okay. It makes, makes sense. I, I kind of get it, but it's, it's not the way business is done. Traditionally. You want out of your contract. They should just let you go. Like, Hey man, I want, I want to leave and go to a different organization. Okay. You're out of here. The problem is the money is coming up in other organizations but you're not going to get millions of dollars. Coker's not going to pay you millions of dollars to come fight for him. You know, Ray Sepp is going to pay you millions of dollars to come fight for him. It's not going to happen. So if you're in that, that cusp where you're like, hey, I'm about to break, break into the big time, you're not going anywhere. You don't, wouldn't want to be bought out. Like, I'm, I'm right there. I'm about to get really paid. I'm going to stay put. It's when you're kind of mid-level or lower and just not getting the right fights that you can get victories on. You know, and everybody lets you go. And, and that's the thing is that everyone lets you out of it. They, you know, the UFC just lets you go. Don't give me the money. Just let you go. And you're just kind of on your own. And, and really, you're talking like the 30 and 30, the 40 and 40, you know, the 15 and 50 guys. That's kind of what's happening with them. You know, they got they got Ronda Rousey on, what, a two-fight losing streak, right? Two-fight? She's still making three mil. <laughs> like, you know? So what, what is she going to do? Uh, you, oh, we're going to cut you. We want to we buy you out of the rest of your contract. You know, was that nine million, ten million? What's her, how long? How many fights is that? That's not going to happen. I don't think. But things are changing, man. The face of the sport is changing. Everything is getting different. Everything's looking different. And and the UFC underneath new ownership is going to be run differently. So who knows what's going to happen? You know, we have to. This is now we're back to. I keep. I hate the fact that I keep saying this in every single podcast, but we have to wait and see what is actually going to happen. We don't know. I think this association, uh, for any of these associations we were to ever come to be, uh, that's pretty. That's something important. You need to put that in the contracts. You mentioned Scott Coker uh, and Bellator. Uh, they have Bellator 180, the pay-per-view, uh, coming out June 24th. Madison Square Garden, headlined by Chael Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva, co-headlined by Fedor, Fedor Emelianenko and Matt Mitrione, and with the potential of Phil Davis and Ryan Bader being added to this card. The only champion potentially on this card would be the third fight from the top. You call it a swing bout, uh, which is almost just strange. Not comical, but just strange. But uh, and look at this pay-per-view card. Um, I, I, to me, it's a little risky. Uh, only because, you know, God love Vanderlei Silva, the guy treats me like absolute gold, but historically speaking, over the past uh, few years or so, there's been some issues. He was supposed to fight in Japan versus Krokop, didn't happen. Was supposed to fight in Japan in general, didn't happen. Was supposed to fight uh, for the UFC a bunch of times, didn't happen. Was supposed to fight for Bellator, didn't happen. There's always seemed to be something, this this weird sort of controversy around Vanderlei Silva. Now they've got him as the main event for a pay-per-view. Uh, whoa, Frank, I don't know. I mean, their model's not a pay-per-view model. They're not, they're not building up, you know, you don't have other fights to build up these pay-per-views. And <clears throat> Chael's a great guy. <clears throat> Excuse me, he's a great guy. Great talker in the mic. But what's he really won? You know, he had a great fight with Anderson Silva. Almost won that one, but didn't. So what's he really won? You know, and so, like, you're like, he's talking himself into these fights. He's getting, and so what's Van Lee Silva done in the last little bit? Nothing. He's been on suspension. He's supposed to be on a lifelong suspension for ducking the drug test. He went to court, got it reduced, got down like two years, whatever. Now he's, he's back out of it. And now he can fight again. It's like, I guess it ended in, what ends in June or July or something. And then they're, and then so right before 
right before the fight, he's able to right before the fight happens, he is off his suspension. Right. So he's able to come back in again. So of course you're thinking about okay, he'll probably show up for this one because he needs the money. So Chael and Bandley, he, he, he kind of needs the money. But Coker's going back to that that gimmick, the gimmick matchups that work. So you got Chael and Vandalay. Like, what's going to happen with this one? It's like both guys aren't very good anymore. Both guys don't really have much to add to the table, but it's an interesting matchup. We wanted to see Fredo and Matt Mitrione fight before. didn't happen because Matt got a kidney stone. So now what's going to happen? So it's it's interesting, but their format is not set up for pay-per-view. Like, I, it's like I once I saw it as a pay-per-view, I, I didn't even, to be honest with you, I saw it as a pay-per-view, I stopped looking. I didn't care who's on the card. Oh, uh, a Belton 180 pay-per-view, I just stopped looking. Right now, I'm like, okay, I'll find out later who's actually on the card. I don't doesn't matter to me because it's a pay per view. So I have to get another pay per view in that month. So how many pay per views am I going to buy that month? Right now, and I'm looking at, at uh, two, possibly three, I have to buy in, in that in that month of of just MMA, of just MMA. And 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 Spike used to be my savior, where I got free TV. I got to see a free fight. Every single every single week, you know, every every month, whatever, I got a free fight with Bellator. Now I don't have that in June. I got I got to watch this this pay per view card. So now I'm not paying whatever and whatever it is. I don't care if it's if it's thirty bucks, fifty bucks, sixty bucks. The other ones are costing me sixty nine dollars each. Now I got now I got to pay another one for fifty nine dollars. Like are you think like you're, you're killing me? So I have to make a choice. I have to make a choice here. What's my choice going to be? Who do I want to see fight? So that's where my money's going to go. Is who I actually want to see fight? Because I can't afford to have all three. I can't, you know, I can't do it. Most people can't do it. Most Americans can't do it. I don't know if Canadians can. We can't do it. I mean, we can't go out there and dump, dump on three pay-per-views. But then it's, you got to remember, it's Coker. And somehow, some way, that Buddha finds a way to make, make things happen. <laughs> that Buddha. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, like, man, I don't know about this guy. But it works. And so you have to kind of follow what he says and what he does. I don't think it's going to be as successful as the UFC. I don't think it's going to do a million buys. But I think they'll get five hundred thousand. I think it'll be worthwhile for them to be on pay per view. I think with all the other TV deals throughout the throughout the world, I think all everything you know with everything else they have going on, and then putting the pay per view together for this one particular fight, I, I kind of believe that this thing is going to make some money for them. And that's really the bottom line: is it going to make money for the people involved? I don't like the main event being the main event. I think it's a great fight on that card. I don't like the co-main event being the co-main event. I think it's a great fight on that card. I think the championship bout should be the main event. But that's always been my thing: is like show respect the champions as opposed to showing respect to the gimmicks and they're showing respect to the gimmick. But in Bellator, the gimmick works, the gimmick sells. And the other thing that I've noticed, to be quite honest with you, there's only four or five fights going to be put on a pay-per-view card, right? When you, when you get in there in Bellator, it's really the undercard. That's much better. It's really like, cause I'm refing for Bellator a lot now. So I get there and I start, I have to be there from the first fight on. Usually I'm refing the first or second fight of the night. And these are the fights that are like that are either that are on uh, uh, on spike on spike.com or it's after the main event is already run and they're doing you know these other these other fights after the fight card is over which are dark no one sees them unless you're in the arena and those are some of the most exciting fights I've ever seen the most the most battling the, the craziest stuff like those are the better fights actually to be honest with you so really Bellator does himself a disservice by not showing their entire card because of how amazing the undercard is. Like they should just put everything back on Spike.com to the pay-per-view, then back on the Spike.com. Or, you know, in this case, they'll probably do Spike TV, uh, do Spike.com for the super early fights, Spike TV for the undercard, and then when they hit the main card, going uh, uh, going on to the pay-per-view. That's probably the format that they're looking at. I'm not positive on that, but that's where I think they should do it, because those fights on the other are like, and they are amazing. These guys are coming out to their bang, and these guys have the old original attitude on how to bang. These undercard guys, they're fighting for a contract. They're fighting for their lives. They're fighting in front of their their hometown crowd that really want them to to, to shine and show, and that's what they're fighting for. And these guys just put more elf into it. Then it's not the, the the typical. Oh, I don't want to lose, so I'm kind of back out of this. I'm doing just enough to win, which happens a lot in the bigger name guys because they're just trying to keep their records padded and, and, and keep the money increasing. You know, these younger guys, I'm making twenty bucks. What the hell do I care? I'm going to throw it to the wind and see what happens, kind of thing. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this works, but I think I think Bellator is going to make some money out of it. It'll just it's just going to be hard pressed for me to, to to make for them to make money out of me on this one particular card because it's going to be another pay per view card that I'm like I don't know necessarily if I want to pay for it. Yeah, I think uh, and and 
Pearson was mentioning the same thing yesterday. My counter argument was the basic counter argument. Uh, you know, Phil Davis and, and Ryan Bader, if they were to be put on this card, they should be headlining it because you have a champion on there. But what actually sells uh, is, is name recognition. Because if I was to walk down uh, my streets here and ask people, do you know who Phil Davis or Ryan Bader are? You might get some people who might know. But if I say, do you know who Chael Sonnen, Vanderlei Silva, and Fader Milianenko are? I'll get a much larger response. And hence the reason I think, uh, you know, that's the main reason why Scott uh, and Bellator are using those names to sell the pay-per-view. And it could be a good byproduct for Phil Davis because uh, more people will, if they do buy it, uh, will we'll get more love for Phil Davis. You'll, they'll see him more as well as Ryan Bader. The problem is the people that are going to buy that Bellator card aren't necessarily going to be that mainstream audience. It'll be mainstream. It'll, it'll be the, the, those mainstream names that'll be there, but more of the hardcore fans uh, that'll buy this uh, because it's not the UFC per se. Right. Uh, now, Bad Blood sells fights. Chill, Chill Sonnen and Vanderliva um, have Bad Blood, have had beef for a very long time. They sell. Two other people that have had bad beef who've already competed for quite some time uh, are Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate. Now, Misha Tate did say she'll come out of retirement to fight Ronda Rousey. And if Ronda Rousey wants to come back to MMA and wants to get that win and knows that she has two wins over Misha Tate, she might take that fight. Your thoughts on the potential of this thing might potentially becoming a reality. You know, I, I always said when, when Misha retired that she's not retired, that she'll come back and fight again. I said that from the beginning. Even though they tried to force her right into commentating, <clears throat> I think she's got too much fire in her. I think she was just disappointed that she worked her ass off to get the championship. And, and couldn't maintain it and got beat. And she's just like, so she just made a snap decision and really wasn't, really didn't, you know, really didn't really think about her long-term career and, and all that stuff. I think she still has a lot of fire left. She's got a lot of stuff to still to offer the sport as, as a, as a competitor. You know, uh, uh, I always thought she was coming back. So it's going to be interesting to see if this, if this, if she can go around a Rousey and the, the calling her out or, or, or taking up, taking her up on that. Like, yeah, let me get myself a victory and have you come back in again. <clears throat> it, it's, it's, I've always found it interesting in in our sport. I did it. Couture did it. You know, most people do it. They retire and then come back and fight again. It's just kind of like how the game goes. And it's like boxing, football, baseball, hockey. And guys retire. They're retired, man. That's it. They're done. They're not looking for any kind. And they could, I mean, a lot of guys when they retire could easily call another team or call another space and be like, hey, I want to come back. And we go, yeah, 100% we'll have you back. And I don't even sit on a shelf for, for a year, but we still want you back. They have no desire. Like, there's, like, I'm just done playing. I'm just done playing. And these, and it seems like an MMA, guys, people always come back. I think Misha will 100% come back for that fight. And be honest, it's a much more competitive fight. Ronda's on a two-fight losing streak, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress on her. Um, she feels the heat of the world on top of her. Uh, Misha Tate is, is, is happy in her retirement. You know, she's like, I am, you know, I don't really need to win or lose. And it's a great matchup for Misha. I've already lost twice. If I lose three times, so what? Doesn't make that much of a deal. Does, that really doesn't matter. If if uh, uh, if Ron, if she beats Ronda, she avenges one of those losses and kind of you know walk away with her head on it, with a head a little bit higher. But she's had such a great career; it doesn't matter. Ronda, she wins. She's holy crap! This is amazing. I got, I got myself back on a, on a win streak. I can make this thing happen. Let's go. Let, let's let's go. Let's push some more. Let's let's not get myself back into a title contention and a couple more fights. It just makes sense. If she loses to her, she could go look. I. You know, I just don't have it anymore. I, I came out, I tried. I really did try. And you can see that this is a person I beat twice before, and I can't beat her. Like, now I've been beat by her. I, I have to be done. And it gives her a great way to walk away from the sport with her head held high and going and how she spins it. You know, it depends on how she her PR reps spin it. But, hey, I tried my best. I did what I could do. I can't get it done. I got to get out of this. I'm going on to do movies. And she's going to have a successful career doing, doing you know, B-level and C-level movies. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. You know, if she chooses to go that route. And so it's it's a great matchup. I'm going to watch it. I'm definitely going to be, be paying attention to it because there's a lot of factors in here. Does Misha still have to make another title run? Does Ronda have enough to get back on top? Like, there's a lot of this overmixing going on. I love that. And we love those storylines. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think either one has enough to go for another title run, but to see them both compete again. I'm down. I would love to see it. Uh, and I will give the edge to Misha Tate in that fight there if it was uh, to take place. I'm going to do some rapid fire, Frank, because uh, we got about three minutes to go here. I'm going to throw a bunch of things your way. Uh, give me 20 seconds or less on your thoughts uh, on anything you like. Uh, first things first, Jimmy Manoa takes out Corey Anderson, uh, and it drives me nuts uh, when play-by-play guys, and I'm not taking shots at them. I'm just saying it drives me nuts when they say one-punch knockout. No, it wasn't a one-punch knockout. There were numerous punches that were thrown. 
that ended with a one-punch knockout. We both know the commentators have one job, one job only, and that is to sell the fight, and they're trying to sell the fight. They're saying one-punch knockout. Any human being that has any eyes and can actually see the fight realizes there was like 27 punches before that. The one-punch knockout has always kind of weirded me out, too. It's like it's not one punch. There's a bunch of other crap that goes on. I'm in complete agreement with you. Gunnar Nelson has the opportunity to finish Alan Chauvin via knockout and says no. In his DNA, he's a BJJ guy. He goes in for the finish and chokes him out instead. That's not what he said. That's not what he was believing at all. He's going for the record. Most amount of submissions in the UFC. He's now tied, I think, with that submission. All he had to do, literally, he'd already cracked him hard enough to, to, like, to put him down. All he had to do was like, give him a little, a, literally a half a punch, and that would have finished the fight. And he's like, no, I'm going to get the submission because I'm up for a submission record. Like, I can get this record, so I'm going to go ahead and take that. And that's smart. That's smart. Let's go. He's going for records. Why wouldn't you? You know, make, It makes complete sense. A happy birthday today to Mark Hunt. Uh, the Super Samoan is set to take on Derek Lewis, and this will be taking place June 11th in New Zealand. I like this fight, Frank. I like this fight a lot. Both guys are banging. You don't have to worry about going onto the ground. You don't have to worry about uh, Mark getting pushed against the cage and getting leaned on. It's not, that's not uh, Derek Lewis's style. It's going to be somebody going home, face down, and that's what we want to see between heavyweights. Um, I just thought it's weird that they're bringing Lewis against, against Hunt. Um, I think that Lewis is on a big upswing, and with the, the loss that Hunt just had, he needs, he needs a, a, an easier matchup um, for him to keep, keep that winning bonus, but also let's not forget the lawsuit he has against the UFC. Could be part of the factor. Let's give him Derek Lewis and see what happens. If he gets two losses, are they going to cut him? Correct. Uh, Ultimate Fight Night 112 in Oklahoma, June 25th. We'll see the return, once again, of BJ Penn in what I deem is a much fairer fight in Dennis Seaver. It was supposed to be Dennis to begin with. That that was the guy they're going to give him in the very beginning. So they're actually just going around the corner and going finally getting back to the fight that's supposed to happen. Um, I want BJ to be done. He, he's getting beat up. He's been getting beat up his last few fights. There's no reason for him to be back out here again. You know, taking another another beating. He might win this fight. He'll probably win this fight. But the, the reality of it is, he's going to take a lot of kicks, take a lot of a lot of head blows in the middle of it. Why shorten your life or shorten your career at this point? When you're you're a Hall of Famer, you've already got a storied career. Stop. Just be done. Just have enough. But I also understand the fire. I also understand that, that he wants to prove that he still has a little bit left and and can still you know contribute to the sport. I just think it's just a little bit too far behind him. Also on that card is Tim Boach versus Johnny Hendricks. Do you see this as a loser leaves town match? I kind of do. Johnny had to move up because he's not really making weight and he's not winning as much as he used to anymore. And, and Tim Tim is on a two fight losing streak or one fight losing streak. Um, they, they got the UFC's got what five hundred people under contract. They got to start cutting some people. They've got to start getting the roster down. They have to. It's just it's just basic economics. Not every if you're paying. Diaz and McGregor, three and six million dollars. You can't pay twenty other guys a hundred thousand dollars each. Like you got to get rid of, you got to trim the fat someplace. So you got to trim the guys that aren't super superstars. These guys are not super superstars. But both these guys sell in Oklahoma. Johnny Oxley is from Oklahoma, which means a lot of ticket sales are going to happen for this fight because people don't want to watch him fight. And and then of course Tim, it, the, the Viking. Uh, uh, you know everybody wants to see him fight all the time. So even the, the mid level fans uh, will love to watch Tim fight. So they're going to buy tickets as well. So it's a great. Matchup for Oklahoma, but I do agree. It's loser leaves town. I think you said Viking. It's the Barbarian. Barbarian, sorry. <laughs> barbarian, Viking. I mean, whatever. whatever. They're all the same thing. They all come off a boat. All right. Um, one final one. I should have mentioned it off the top. Jimmy Manuel, one more time. Frank, do you think he's using reverse psychology in, in disrespecting John Jones? I don't want to fight him. I don't like him. Blah, 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 blah. When in reality, it's like, dude, you take that fight if you want to get paid. Yeah, it's a, it's a payday fight. That's what I was talking about now, these payday fights. You're talking about Diaz, the Diaz brothers. They're holding out for payday fights. They don't want some little chump fight. They want a payday fight. This is what's the, the, the reality of our sport has become the payday fight. 100% Middle is going to take on, take on John Jones. And it's perfect. I don't, want, I don't care about that guy. So, look, man, I don't like him. I don't want to fight him. I don't, I don't really care about him. What is, what is it to me? You keep that attitude up. You keep that mentality up. All of a sudden, that guy's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What about me? Like, I'm right here. I'm clean now. I'm not doing any more coke. I'm not running around and hitting pregnant women in cars. I'm totally fine. Let's let's go. Let's go. And also now John's calling him out. He's like, I don't want to fight him. Play a couple of days of I don't want to fight him. I don't want to fight him. Okay, UFC has made an announcement. Middle Jones, they're fighting. Like, okay, all right. That's what it's perfect. It's the great, especially in today's uh S talking, you know, everyone's out there trash talking everybody else. It's the anti-trash talk. This is what's going to set him apart. It's going to make him better. 100%. I agree with it. I love it. And I think it's going to work. 
Yeah, I, I felt like if that you know if that's the case. Not that I saw through it, but I'm like, nah, I know what you're doing because I've done it a lot over my career. Um, before we let you go, pretty sure it's going to be nap time because it's 7:47 a.m. Uh, in Hawaii. Uh, are you going for a nap now? And what's going on with you over the next uh, week or so? Uh, so, um, like I said, I'm working in humans. Had a couple of days this week, and then I have to do another big fight scene next week with them. Um, I'm shooting a scene. I'm playing a homeless man, actually, on uh, NCSLA coming up. I'm not sure what the scene is, but I think either Callan or, or I think I think it's Callan this time beats me up, and I get in a, a little fisticuff with him, which is fine. And then, uh, uh, um, oh, I'm refing this weekend in San Diego, and then I'm refing uh, uh, again on the 29th in uh, LA. Um, no big name, no big promotion card. These are smaller promotions, but I'm still working in California quite a bit, so I have a couple of refing assignments and. Waiting on, I thought I was going to get a call for Bellator to go work the uh, Chicago card. Uh, it didn't happen. You know, it didn't, just didn't happen. So I don't know. I'm hoping maybe I'll get the Madison Square Garden card <laughs> so I could go back to my home state and actually ref. That'd be nice. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Perfect, Frank. I want to thank you for your time. Make sure you guys follow Frank Trigg online via social media at Frank Trigg, uh, all one word. Follow yours truly, Joe Ferraro, at Showdown Joe. Of course, at Fightful MMA. And don't forget, for all your mixed martial arts news, FightfulMMA.com. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by managing editor for the site, Sean Ross Sapp, and we will go early tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, kind of thankful that he's joining me. i got some stuff to take care of in the afternoon, but uh, we all know Sean Ross Sapp will likely lose his marbles uh, about a variety of stuff, especially stuff that Frank and I talked about today. But for now, for those of you that tuned in live, we thank you very, very much to those tuning in later on on iTunes and Stitcher and on YouTube. We thank you as well. As always, ciao for now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NIA, or Stride Bank NIA, members of FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.